Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Bit Effect. Today we're going to have a bit of a blather on portable gaming. And that also includes mobile gaming, so if you only play on your phone or your tablet, uh, hopefully you'll find something of interest. With me today to talk about it is Mike. Hello. Kevin. Hello. Luke. Hello. And Craig. Hello. So, gentlemen, are you handheld gamers or are you strictly console? I'm predominantly uh, console, I'd guess. Uh, in, in a beautiful world, I'd be playing both equally. Um, as it stands, I think I do play mostly on the console. What about the rest of you? Um, I'm, I'm predominantly console. I have mobile gaming in my life as a, a means of escaping um, kind of like a hectic day with the kids or something like that. Or, you know, if you're on the toilet having a, a poop or anything. <laughs> it's always... Maybe cut that part out, actually. It took a minute and um, 30 seconds before we got to poop. Well done, Craig. Every well done. time, Craig. Almost Craig. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, so I am um, portable gaming to me is... Or, or bedtime, or that kind of thing. It's And it's quite a social thing. Like I play a lot of games on my iPad with my wife for that. And it's just... It's a nice, friendly thing. So, yeah, I would say about 75% of the time I'm on the console. 25% not. I'm predominantly a, a console gamer. Um, I've dabbled with mobile portable gaming in the past, but um, yeah, probably probably almost exclusively um, con- uh, console gaming for me. I I keep a, a Vita or a 3DS next to my bed, so I'll probably have like 30 minutes to an hour of a game before I go to bed most nights. Um, so there's always something being played, but yeah, most of my time spent on the console otherwise. Myself, I, I have, like, no opportunities to play it. I live five minutes away from work by foot. So, you know, I don't have the commute gaming. I don't have bedtime gaming because I have a console in every room with a TV. So a lot of times it feels like, do you guys ever get this? Say you're, you're home alone or what have you, and you're playing on your handheld, but you're sitting in the same chair you would play looking at your TV being off. Do you not feel bad that you're playing a portable game? while you have a nice big TV and fancy console to play it on? It's funny you should mention that, because I actually got myself a Wii 2DS last week, and for the first maybe couple of days of playing it, I was exactly that. I'm sitting, playing something, and I can see in the background my telly, and maybe the PlayStation's sitting on, and I'm wondering, it feels a bit odd to begin with, but then I think, depending on what game you're playing, it, to me it doesn't really matter what you're playing it on, if it's gripping you, maybe. That's what I've learned over the past week, anyway. I don't know. To me, it feels like if you got a Ferrari in the garage, why would you take the Mini Cooper kind of thing? Unless, of course, you know, you have reason to take the Mini Cooper, such as platform exclusives on that Mini Cooper. Mm, yeah. Definitely. Or maybe maybe you don't have time to start up the Ferrari, because the Mini <laughs> has uh, one of those key fobs that you just... <laughs> plug into it to start the engine. <laughs> uh. I, on purpose, only have one TV in the house. So it's become a thing that if I'm, you know, if it if my wife wants to watch TV, then I'll do something else. Sometimes I'll play a handheld, some, sometimes I'll do something else. If there's a game that's so good on the handheld that I can't put it down, then I don't feel guilty for not playing my console. It's just a sign of a good game. And there's there's been many of them. Um, not, not for a while, like, but... 
there, there's nothing better than getting a handheld game and just being absolutely absorbed into it to the point where you've got the claw in your hands and cramp in your wrists but it's uh yeah it's 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 good fun i'm probably in the same opinion as as dave um probably mainly due to the fact that if i am traveling i'm usually driving so i, I don't get a lot of commutable time for portable gaming um I mean, it's funny commuting comes into it because for me, my entire portable gaming takes place inside the house, mostly at the same place where I don't portable game. So as it's portable, portable gaming, yeah, it's it's fairly static gaming. I guess I uh, I, I kind of look at mobile gaming and ass um, out with the house only. Like, no, I I wouldn't really sit in the house and play a handheld because um, I've got a PlayStation or. I might be doing something else. I can think of nothing worse than sitting on a, a bus or a train and playing a game. I'd rather... I I don't like my... I don't know why it is. I just don't feel comfortable playing games when there's loads of other people around me and I'm kind of plugged into something. It like it feels like, especially like the buses in Aberdeen, like they, the seats often look over each other. So I don't like people invading my space and then having people watch me be really crap at a game. Just, no, that's not my cup of tea. <laughs> I want to play my weird Japanese game without anything. <laughs> I mean, that does bring well, up a good will... point. Oh, I'm, go ahead, Mike. No, I think Luke would be definitely missing out then because the one time that I decided to get drunk, take a, <laughs> a DS with me onto the bus and then play Uendan, the rhythm action game and absolutely miserably fail the first level with full volume up, no headphones. <laughs> half past midnight on a pretty much full bus of drunken idiots. That was a that was definitely a memory for me. Life changing. <laughs> like a highlight, mate. <laughs> no, but uh, that does bring up a good point, right? I mean we're all we're all adults here. Do you guys get embarrassed? I mean, like, is it something that's like, ah, I'd feel bad whipping out of Eda on the bus. You know, I mean, do you ever feel that, ah, I just don't feel right playing a game in public when everybody else is acting like adults and I'm playing Mario? <laughs> nah, well, that, not, not for me, not for me. I, I mean, listening to everyone then, it's, it seemed, you know, um, before recently, I used to I used to commute all the time. I'd be getting take, taking like a, you know, a 45-minute, hour and a half bus traveling um and it, it was always cool you'd always set up I, I actually completed the entirety of a metal gear solid peace walker on the on the psp through through travels i had an hour each day Jeez. i'd pass all the bus stops in manchester and collect my uh, extra troops from linking up to the same networks as other people um 3ds the same it's all street passing going into work street passing coming out of work um and yeah, you do get a huge chunk of time to uh, to play games if if you're doing the long distance commutes. But it only you know it's only a very occasionally that you think maybe I won't play this this visual novel game today because of the the people sat around me. But most of the time, you know, if, if you're playing something safe like Nintendo games like Mario stuff like that, I don't really see a big big issue. It's just when it's something that you know might reveal a bit of your personality that you'd. You'd rather keep <laughs> keep locked away in the basement, <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I don't. I, I used to have a bit of complex over it. Over time, I've learned to care a bit less. Yeah, I, I haven't really. I haven't taken anything out and tried to game in public. But I don't. I don't think. 
I would have any big issue with it. I mean, folk on the train, I used to commute by train, you'd listen to music, and folk all the time would be listening to music or listening to music through one of those portable Bluetooth speakers and annoying everybody, or playing Candy Crush on their phone, or reading the news. Mm. Everyone just does their own thing. It's kind of... It's a public space, but everyone's kind of zoned in on themselves. So I don't think... I wouldn't overly worry that people were going to judge me, because... Mm. I mean, who cares what they think? Wow, you know, you know, props to you guys. I, I'm, I'm still stuck in the nerd in the closet. I, I don't like people knowing I do that, that stuff. That's weird. I think you'll probably, you'd probably have found certainly in the last um, six months or so that the kind of people you might have been worried about judging you in that kind of that kind of vein are the are the exact kind of people. If I would have picked up Pokemon Go and been wandering <laughs> around, like playing it endlessly, looking for different Pokemon and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a different world now. I mean, I remember getting beat up for playing my Game Boy in public because you know back in the eighties, if you were a nerd, mm. that was not cool at all. So I don't know, maybe it's just kind of stuck with me of like, no, don't let anybody see this. Don't. Hmm. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with just gaming in general because are are certainly a a large um, amount of people who look at gaming as something for kids, whereas the likes of us would probably say that gaming's a hobby for life, like, and it's not really anything that's that's kind of limited to a certain age group. Um, Certainly with the costs involved Mm -hmm. in in gaming in general, it's it's certainly not a, a kid, just something that's exclusive for kids. Yeah. What do you guys think led to the kind of social acceptance of gaming? I mean, the only thing I can really think of is phones. Yeah, I think that's that's probably on point. Maybe, well, I think it might be on point as before smartphones, no one had access to easy, cheap, or free portable gaming. And then you get Facebook coming along, and everyone's on Facebook, and then everyone's on Facebook on the phone, and then Facebook start. What was that farming game? You know, like that kind of thing. Farmville, and then all of a sudden, everyone's in Farmville. Everyone's in Candy Crush, and it's just it just it's a cult- cultural shift. But those people might not consider themselves gamers. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I mean, my granny, she's she's old and proper, and she goes to church every Sunday, and she she gives me and my brothers like loads of like jibs for playing games still, and like you know, I'm in my thirties now, but. She plays Candy Crush and Bejeweled like constantly, and she doesn't seem to think that's a game. It's odd. <laughs> you know, you say to her, it's, it's a game, Granny. But, same way. Yeah. Mm. So, with with the phones that kind of revolutionized the way every the almost the world sees games. I mean, maybe not so much of what we do, but you know, it's more acceptable now. Do you think that like do you remember back when when smartphones were first coming out? Uh, everybody was doom saying that that's it. This is going to kill the dedicated mobile console. Do you guys think, like, yeah, like, five years after that, do you think it actually had an effect on games, or was it just kind of a bad premonition? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a really odd one. I remember back when um, uh, when when the iPhone three GS came out, I think it was, and they they got a port of. Um, a Street Fighter 4 at the time, I think it was. And that, that blew me away. It was amazing seeing that. You know, I mean, it'd, it'd be on the um, the 3DS as well at some point. But but seeing seeing that, that game on, on an iPhone, it was it was quite quite a sight, to be honest. You know, I mean, before that, what's the biggest thing you had? Maybe something like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, you, 
you see these phones doing it. And, and the one thing that was odd about it is that all these games, they look the part. They never felt right. Not not mm. one of them felt right. And it's just a running theme. You know, I'm sat here right now with a with an expensive phone. And apart from a you know, a, a PSP port of Final Fantasy Tactics, every game gets deleted within about a week of being added to the to the phone. It's it's not I don't think it was a f I mean, financially, it's brilliant for everyone, but in terms of, of my actual hobby that I love, does it do much? I don't think so. Whereas I'll, I'll be super excited for the latest Fire Emblem on the 3DS, the Fire Emblem on the phone. It, you know, it's hit or miss. I'm, I'm not fully convinced either way that they've, they've transferred brilliant games to the phone just yet. But, uh, you know, we're still yet to see. It's still, I'd still say it's, it's still a young, young, um, young platform for games. I, yeah, just to counter that, uh, that, that argument, Mike. I think mobile gaming has, it hasn't taken like a direct market share. It hasn't like moved, you know, we've not all moved to mobile gaming, but I think what's happened is younger gamers are, you know, probably the, one of the first handheld devices they're going to get is a mobile phone. And I remember reading a blog about a teacher who was, um, he was getting really concerned about like the monetization of you know, these, these click games where you have to spend 99p to get three extra lives and stuff. But in the article, he also said that n none of the kids in his class, so he was teaching like primary school age, had like a 3DS or a Vita. They all played games mm. on their mobiles or tablets. So I, I'm wondering... What were they playing? Uh, I think it's like those, you know, Clash of Titans, is it? Clash of Kings? Oh, Clash oh. of Clans um, and stuff like that. Clash of Clans, yeah, but he he seemed to think that you know like younger gaming gamers are going towards that area, and maybe what will happen is that the mobile market share will kind of expand as these children grow older, whilst we've kind of grown up and with handheld consoles. I'm alright. Yeah, we we've grown up with handheld consoles, and you know. Personally, I think the functionality of a handheld game over a mobile game is always going to be superior. They've never really addressed that kind of control thing for me, or the depth of the game isn't there because they're just trying to grab as many small transactions as possible. But it's going to be weird to see in 10 years what's happened if, you know, Nintendo and Sony are, are still going to have a crack at the handheld market. Well, it's a, it sounds a shame to me because coming from things like the Game Boy, you know, you have the Nintendo seal of approval which actually meant something back then and it'd be a case of you know these games are coming out you you take a gamble on a game it might be expensive maybe you'd lose out and I know you can get a game on a mobile for really cheap maybe even free but but you know you're getting games which seemed like they were sort of polished to a degree at the moment you know a lot of games I load up on the mobile they'll, they'll crash straight away they'll be inco incompatible yeah. with this type of device all sorts of stuff that might might be sluggish on one thing um and I, I don't. Is that really a is that really a place for people to start their hobbies from? I I don't know. Well, I mean, the only thing I can judge by is, is my family, like my daughter and my nephews and nieces and stuff like that. Um, they all have like crappy Amazon Fire tablets, and they all have uh, some kind of portable gaming. Some of it's older, some of it's newer. And um, I almost every time, if you put a tablet in front of them or you put a 3DS in front of them, almost every time they'll go for the 3DS. 
So yeah. I do wonder if yeah. it's just what's available. And if, mm. if that's kind of a roadblock is the 3DS costing almost $300 compared to a phone, which costs, you know, more or the same, but it does more. I think, I think a lot of it comes down to accessibility, does it? I mean, if, if, if kids nowadays don't have uh, a mobile phone of their own, then they'll certainly um, be able to, to bother their, their parents enough to, to get their hands on it eventually. Whereas, obviously, buying a th- like a 3DS or a Vita is a bit more of an investment in money. Um, it will be a better experience um, in the long run, but um, certainly more accessible to, to, to get into mobile gaming through mobile phones and tablets and such. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. The kids that start out on tablets and phones they don't know what the other end of the field is like, so they don't ever question it. Like, I have had some of my daughter's friends come over, and they've never seen a home console game before, let alone a a um, a handheld game. And, I mean, they'll walk in, and their eyes get huge, and they'll be like, this looks amazing. And mm. at that point, that's when they start going, oh, hey, you know, maybe I should like a 3DS. Or not that, not, now, now, don't get us wrong, folks. Not that liking strictly mobile gaming over portable gaming, that nothing wrong with either. It's just, you know, we're, we're kind of old, and it's just our views on it. But, yeah, I mean, from my end, I don't see a lot of benefit on the phone. I've tried playing things like uh, Final Fantasy, something that is not action-based at all, and there's something about touching <laughs> the screen that just does not feel right. You don't have that tactile click whenever you push a button. Not that it, you know, you wouldn't think that matters very much, but over a long period of time, you actually miss that. I think there is a there is a positive spin to the whole whole mobile thing, which is the case that a lot of a lot of really good 3ds, uh, PS Vita, all all sort of games do do end up on the on the mobile if you look hard enough. And for example, you know, Capcom have been you know religiously putting out things like Ghost Trick, Phoenix Wright games. Um, yeah. Then you've got you know like nine 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 getting its own um, iPad adaptation, and there there are some really good things there if you can look for them. I mean I I've, I've completed um, what nine 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 again on the iPad, uh, and you've got some some pretty cool ports as well like uh, a Super Brothers Swords and Sorcery I think it was which was which was really really cool on iPad as well. But there are there are good games there. It just seems really hard to find them in the mess of uh, I mean, I, a nephew over the other day was playing some weird game where you just bounce a ball along blocks which appear <laughs> out, and you you're thinking, you know, this is something, this is a flashy version of something you might have played on a, you know, on the the system hidden in your grand's attic back in the in the late eighties or something like that. I don't know. I mean, well, well what you just <laughs> said opens up a whole bunch of things. Um, well, one of the ones I want to talk about, I mean, is things like Capcom porting everything over. Is that part of the problem? Because those games weren't made for tablets, maybe the problem is that there aren't very many people making quality games for the tablet from scratch. Like, I mean, for my friends that play a lot on their phones and stuff, they love things like Dangerous Golf, where it's obviously made for the tablet, and it wouldn't really work anywhere else, Mm. or, or, you know, iPhone. But I wonder if, if that's the problem, is we're trying to shoehorn portable games onto the phones themselves, instead of having, say, a, well, not Konami now, but, say, a Bethesda Mobile Edition, you know, or, or Division, where they just yeah. they just work on those instead of trying to port everything over. I wonder if that's some of the problem. 
Yeah, there's a, there are quite a few um, uh, companies which sort of monopolise it, um, and they seem to, you know, make the more photorealistic games. I, it's it's an odd, it's a really odd place. You, you know, um, it's nice to see Nintendo finally step into that arena because that's. I'll disagree, you know, maybe they'll, sir. They'll bring back the. Uh, <laughs> well, well, it'd be it'd be nice to see some some level of quality added. I don't know. You played Super um, Mario Run? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not brilliant, but it's, you know, it, it's, there's potential there. There's potential over time. I think that's where I struggle with uh, mobile gaming on, like, tablets and touchscreen devices. If, if, the, if the game's designed specifically for touchscreen, then it's it's going to feel um, natural when you're playing it, but games are just simply ported over just to, to be on that marketplace. Um, especially fighting games or anything that involves kind of side-scrolling kind of platformy type of games just doesn't agree with me on a touchscreen. I've actually had quite a bit of success on my iPad with things like uh, Grand Theft Auto or I played San Andreas and GTA 3 and Vice City back-to-back with not not skipping a beat at all with a touchscreen trackpad thing and buttons that you, it takes a wee while to get used to. But I, I, didn't, I didn't have much problem with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I played through Bastion as well on the iPad, and really? that again, I, not not an issue. I don't I don't know what it was about those particular games. It just kind of stood out as I was really surprised by how easy it was to get used to the the touchscreen. But you're right, the the lack of feedback in any way is really disconcerting when you think I want to be mashing a button right now. Not yeah. trying to snap an iPad in half, <laughs> or like, like, squeeze it so, so that you're it, saying the, the colors start to go funny. You're going to invent the first iPad with rumble. We need a hap- haptic feedback or something to that effect, don't we? Ready on the control front. Have you seen these things that you can stick to a, a touchscreen, a capacitive touchscreen? You can get like a, a thumbstick where you stick it to the screen, and then you've got a thumbstick and buttons, like physical clicky yeah, buttons. Yeah, I've seen those. Just sucker onto your iPad. Um, it's a kind of innovative solution to a problem that does de- definitely exist. Did you say joystick? It, from from what I gathered, it's like sticking an analog stick over a D-pad because it's still a digital interface. It's not a, a analog mm-hmm. interface. Yeah, it all sounds like a big Frankenstein monster happening there, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is it like those little things you can buy for the uh, your TV when you play a lot of first-person shooters, the little red dot right in the middle of your screen? And I don't know. I, I, I don't see myself getting into stuff like that. I've kind of given up on it recently. The iPad gaming? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was a wee flurry into it before. I think I was in a, in a dip where obviously I didn't have a DS. I don't play games on my phone at all because the screen's too small. That's just purely I hate playing on a, I've got a tiny phone, I've got a smartphone, but it's a tiny smartphone, so it's just, it's a, a no-go for mobile gaming. And maybe I was in a lull with PlayStation or something, and there wasn't much out to play, so I just got Grand Theft Auto and kind of got into it. But I haven't, I haven't played that kind of level of game in a, a long time. Am I the only one that feels like they've been burnt with the, the online Apple and Android store? Like, I, I don't enjoy gaming on my tablet because for me you know whenever I've bought a game I feel like I've paid up front for it and then I get the experience and if I don't like it I don't like it if I like it that's great I really dislike the way mobile gaming 
seems to have this microtransaction sort of, you know, suck you in a little bit, give you a little bit of the taste of the game, and then, oh, you want to play again? That'll be 99p. Oh, you want to play again? That'll be another 99p. Just let me pay for it up front. Like, I don't know if that's just because I'm from the older model, you know, like, I grew up with the older model of games where you paid up front. But I felt like, I feel like I've been burnt so many times with that sort of game. And when you go on the, you know, the Apple store or the Android store, the games that are in the top of the list are generally those like money making ones. And because there's so many games on the store, I don't know, I just, I don't enjoy browsing the store looking for games. The games I do find on try, I don't like the pricing model. So it's just kind of put me off. I'd rather just pick up my, my 3DS or my Vita and, you know, play a game where I know I'm not going to be badgered to pay more money. No, you're completely on point there because a game I love is Roller Coaster Tycoon. Uh, Atari released <laughs> Roller Coaster Tycoon four years ago, or or however long ago, on mobile, and it's free to play. And I that's an instant turn off for me. I will not. I wouldn't even yeah. dip my toes into it to see what it was like. And then just before Christmas last year, they they released Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic, and that was a pay a fiver, you've got the whole game, that's it, and I jumped straight on it. I, w- I would just. I detest free to play and microtransactions and anything pay to win, anything like that. I'm just I'm out. Yeah. Is is the Nintendo Mario game? Um, is it is it classes free to play or because I know you get the first is it first like two or three levels and then you pay to unlock the rest of the game. Um, yeah, you just I, I, you just get the first three free levels and then. Uh, but I mean, it's not too bad. Eight pounds for a full game really is is. It's not too bad. It works technically as a demo. I mean, you know. You Aye, that's what I was going to say. That sounds like a demo. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but do you guys do you guys think that's a good approach for Nintendo? I mean, I mean, it's not like Mario. Well, I, I think Mario it's fine. Not... I think the the problem everyone seems to have is with the case of you know a game that might look like it ends up t- taking about a tenner off you, and really it's after two hundred, three hundred pounds out of your pocket at the end of the day. Um, you know, these are basically the as close it gets to having a demo on there and uh i i don't mind that and you know i think at the end of the day nintendo want to promote their the 3ds and you know rightly so the 3ds is a brilliant system yeah and um you should it maybe that's maybe it perfectly fits in with my life you know i may play my 3ds a lot more than my mobile um do i want to know about nintendo games through the mobile as well maybe yeah very short bursts yeah so then, do you guys feel that Nintendo getting into the the kind of mobile market is to to kind of get that presence and and kind of divert people towards their 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 actual handheld devices, or do you think they're actually going to invest properly in games that are exclusive for mobile I think, devices? I think Nintendo's going to do what Nintendo always does: charge you a lot of money for nostalgia. I think yeah. that's all yeah. they're going to do. That's certainly what I felt like with the with the the, the run game. Um, I mean, I've, I think I think most of us have played enough Mario games to to be happy with the the trying the first three levels and then putting it down. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, f- I think it's good that they they've got this presence because, to be honest, give it. Um, let's go back to just before Nintendo started making mobile games, and they really didn't have too much of a presence. It would be the odd game here and there. At least Nintendo's name's probably stronger than it's been for the last five or six years at the present time, I think. You know, the amount of publicity they've given themselves. Hopefully it's not just a flash in the pan, but 
I think that's all it's going to be. I think it's it's just going to be publicity. I don't think you're going to see any must-play Nintendo games on mobile. At least I hope not. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah. I come from the opinion of I don't want Nintendo. I want Nintendo to focus on what it has because it's failing at what it has. That's a good point. Well, yeah, and, and though it does all link into the fact that, obviously, Portable's coming back in a big way with Nintendo in the future. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yay. I mean, it... At the time of recording, this is just before, just after the the uh, Fire Emblem mobile game was announced, and rumor has it is they're not going to be using the upfront cost for that game. It will be microtransactions in some formula. So yeah, it's this is gonna. This sounds a lot like a Tales of Cross, I think it was, which is a Tales of Destiny sort of spin off, and that's that was a really good game. That's probably the best mobile game I've ever played. Um, that's definitely. Uh, you know, free to play, pay to win kind of stuff. Or, but but it you know it, it captures the essence of the series well, and yeah. See, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, like I I'm hoping Nintendo, you know, they're kind of the experts in that sort of mobile gaming thing with their own systems, and a lot of people, you know, if you read comments on news articles and stuff. They're really annoyed with Nintendo for going into this microtransaction thing. But I kind of well, have Well, there's faith. no need for them to be annoyed because there's a 3DS Fire Emblem. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Anyway, so everyone's happy. It, it, and surely I'm surprised it's a win-win. people win. are picking up on the Fire Emblem portable game when I thought the biggest story was a new new 3DS incarnation well, and a Switch incarnation. Guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's not like Nintendo just started doing microtransactions because of Android and iPhones, they've been doing it on the 3DS forever now. Like Rusty's Real Deal Baseball or Pokemon Switch or any of those. I think even the Picross game is microtransaction based. So Nintendo's yeah, it looks like they're going to be banking a lot of money on, on the casual, oh hey, I remember Mario, yeah, I'll give her a shot, kind of microtransactions. So as a group, we've really been bagging on actual mobile gaming. I mean, yes, the um, the library is awful. It looks like you took every DS game and hucked it into a giant bin and said, find a good one. And, yeah, th- it is to blame for microtransactions. We didn't really have microtransactions before mobile really shot up. I mean, we had DLC, but, you know, that's a little different. So, if you, uh, listener, if, if there is something that you really enjoy about mobile gaming that we haven't touched or you disagree or, or agree, do let us know. Because, again, we're old people. This is the way we look at things. Damn kids and their mobile gaming. Yeah, I know. I know. You kids and your skateboards and your backwards hats and your sunglasses and your mobile gaming. So, yes, do let us know. Uh, I'd like to try to stop bagging on mobile gaming as it sits now, just because this has turned into a, a very old man I don't like that stuff anymore. I think we've got our views across. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I think we definitely got our views across. Alright, so, now that we're done bagging on mobile gaming, let's bag on portable gaming, because we're grumpy. The big thing that, that turns me off of portable gaming nowadays is the games themselves. Do you guys think that portable gaming lost something as they got more complex? Because now it's getting very hard to tell the difference between a portable and a home console game. Both, some of them, I mean, especially on the Vita, you have RPGs that run 40, 50 hours. You don't have that quick Mm -hmm. Tetris chunk. You don't have that quick Mario Golf chunk that you can just 
snap into and be done. Even Mario Golf has gotten more time consuming now on portable. Jesus, you are old, aren't you? I know, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you guys like the way it's sitting right now where the uh, portable almost mirrors home console? Can I, can I ask you a short question in, in return, Dave? Which you is may, sir. Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, I believe. Is that the name of it? Uh, that was the SNES one you guys got first. Hmm. Was there not a sort of Game Boy port <laughs> of something along that line? Okay, so... And was that not quite a lengthy game, too? What or was we it quite call, a short game? I can't remember. What we call Final Fantasy Adventure here is what you call Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Mystic Quest there on the Game Boy. Okay. They yep. called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the SNES something different over there. I can't remember what it is right now. Now, keep in mind, Final Fantasy Adventure and Final Fantasy Mystic Quest over there are also just reskins of another game called Seiken Densetsu, which we know as Secret of Mana. So, mm-hmm. yes and no. Okay. Um, but yes, even those, like, like, even those right now, you could blast through it in probably a good three hours, four hours tops. So wow. even meatier games, what we thought were meatier games back then, aren't very meaty compared Dave, I'm thinking of some of my favorite games and like the first games I got with my first handheld, and they were all RPGs. Yeah, there was a little bit of like, you know, I'd have a platformer or I'd have a beat 'em up, but I mean, Pokemon, Golden Sun, these were the sort of games that I bought my handheld for, and then anything else was a bonus. So I don't know if I see it the same way. I've well, always went fired, to sir. those for RPGs. Oh, okay, see you there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know from experience that yeah uh, when i first saw the game gear um a friend i had he had uh, i think some game called dragonstone something like that um yeah the shining force game on the game gear all all sort of quite lengthy beefy things which would which would go way beyond uh triple digits of double a batteries um <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I do completely agree in a way though because if you look at it, you, you follow like the Mario games, you get a what a two hour three hour long NES game compared to a twenty five minute Game Boy incarnation. Um, yeah, there's always been a there's always been a you know you get a a very bite sized version of the full thing on the portable and, and it is recent you know uh, Fire Emblem games the the latest one clocking in at what hundred and forty plus hours. Probably to complete all of it of, across the three parts, all segmented. That's another story in itself, I guess. But yeah, my wife spent a good two hundred and fifty hours on that sucker. As my my game shelf at the moment, there's a three DS library which is untouchable due to how big it is. Things like Persona Q, um, you know, Fire Emblem. There's there's everything there, and that Xenoblade, a cut down version of Xenoblade, the game which already lasted ninety five hours on the Wii <laughs> the last time I played it. <laughs> Can I play that on a portable? Probably not. Is that library going to be eternally sat in my pile of shame? Likely, yes. I'm I'm quite happy. Portable games last as long as they do. I'd feel yeah. quite. I'd totally feel quite ripped off. I like. I'm I'm glad. I think the reason I ended up buying Fire Emblem um whenever last week was because Mike said something along the lines of it had been in his DS for a year and a half and he'd played it for mm. eight billion hours. Or something. Like that. And I thought, yes, that's it's good value to me. I'm go. I'm going for that. I'd be disappointed if I stuck it in and played it for five hours and it was done. I hope you got right. the map packs as well to to boost your onto that. 
Um, Craig, <laughs> clean out your desk too. You're out of here. Jeez. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe for me, it's just a personal thing of because I remember the first time I bought my PSP. Ah, oh, that thing was beautiful, and um, mm. I bought God of War because I love God of War games, and I remember playing it at work because I, I got a half hour lunch. And I was like, okay, so maybe in about a week's time, this this will be done. No, no, it was like a good eight, nine hours game. Like, yeah, oh man, yeah. I just want to finish this. It's a portable game. Why can't I finish it? Um, on a plus note, uh, Nintendo's never done it, but at least Sony does. Oh, being able to hook up your handheld to a TV, and mm. that may change in the near future with Nintendo. But being able to do that, I think, is for me, that's a bonus. That's the only reason I'll buy a handheld anymore is, okay, I can play them on my TV. I don't feel too bad about ignoring my other things. Does that factor in for you guys? Well, for see, see, see that that's like, see if you sit in the same chair as where your telly is. All you need to do with a DS is hold it slightly closer to your face <laughs> and it's the same size as a TV. But you see, you see, my friend, you don't have tree branch-like hands. And that's another thing is almost every handheld, including the Vita and the PSP, where they have a nice form, they still cramp my fingers like crazy after a while, whereas DualShock won't. I mean, that's, I've I got a 2DS because it's quite bigger. It's like a slab, and it's at my hands. My hand is maybe like 16 or 17 inches long. No, it can't be. Jesus, I was going to say, jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> However long my hand is. Um, I, it's quite comfortable to sit and play for extended periods of time, but um, I've also got a DS Lite, which is crippling after a certain period of time. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I was gonna say try playing so, yeah. Monster Hunter on them suckers. Oh. But yeah, I mean, I mean, do you guys care like that Vita? They have the Vita TV now, or that Nintendo's got the Switch now. I mean, does that factor in? Of okay, good, I can not feel bad anymore, or. Now I can play a game on a commute and then take it right home and continue it? Oddly enough, um, I've I worked in the reverse reverse way to this. I played a, a Final Fantasy 3 on the DS back when it was released. Um, and instead of instead of having it hooked up to any sort of TV thing, because I mean, I, mean, I think you need a, a Nitro dev kit thing to do that. Yeah, you need DS, a hard mod. But, but it, um, I actually connected my PC speakers to my... Uh, DS to to get the the nice awesome um, stereo sound coming through on it and the, the music was quite up to the standard for some some good speakers oddly enough um, but yeah that's that's me being odd <laughs> go from a different <laughs> angle uh, games on games on the TV um, I don't know if it makes a difference to be honest um, I think the Vita games look better on the Vita itself um, yeah I think they compared do compared to like the PS TV it's a bit of uh, there's there's some odd games like Danganronpa which have weird weird effects or it makes it look like there's little dots on it as if though it's been I mean it has been um you know ported from the PSP original but there's some some odd little odd little things odd little emissions and things and ported from the PSP to the Vita and then upscaled onto the telly yeah it was it was um, it was released only in Japan on the PSP. Uh, like like Phoenix Wright, it's originally a Game Boy Advance game. Came to the DS, and now it's been ported to like 3DS and mobile and all sorts. There's there's massive port trail for a lot of these uh, portable games. Sometimes it can it can lead to them being a bit ugly. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe stick to your home consoles or the TV. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not fussed. I'll sit in the living room and play the DS or anywhere. I'm I'm not. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. So for you guys, that's not a selling point. It's not a, it's not a con. It's just something else. It doesn't really affect you guys on your buying decision. I've never bought a handheld thinking I need to play this on my TV. I don't think I've ever connected my handheld to a TV to play it. I'm, I'm going to hire you back, Luke. And now you're fired again. <laughs> I think if if a game came out on the PS4 and the Vita, I'd buy it on the PS4. That that would probably be a certainty. If if it was a choice between the two, I'd go for the PS4. But it doesn't bother me playing on anything else. Um, if that make does that get me my job back? No. It depends. <laughs> it depends on the game. Like World of Final Fantasy. Like I know, Dave, you played that on the console, but yeah. the Vita port's supposed to be quite good, and that's ideal for me to play that next to you know before I go to bed, put an hour on it, and uh, you know every couple of nights. That that's perfect for me. That, that you know put the Vita in sleep mode. I'd rather do that than sit on a mm. watching it on big TV, feeling like I have to slog through it because I've turned everything on and moved my chair and <laughs> I don't know. It's just tough these days, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there are so loads, loads and loads of alien scenarios in this as well, like the Wii U gamepad. Then yeah. there's the, the whole, you know, Game Boys are attached to GameCube's element. Yeah. There, there's so many odd crossover points here. It's a strange one. So, so gentlemen, say say you, you just beat up a bum and stole his wallet and he had a bunch of money and you decide, I'm going to go buy myself a portable game system. I don't know why that mm. bum was a bum with that much money in his pocket, but, you know, let's yeah. go with it. What What is the most important thing to you guys? I mean, is it how long the battery lasts, what it feels like in your hand, graphics, or it, does it, just like consoles, come down to the library? Yeah, it's I having get. a decent version of Street Fighter on it. <laughs> <laughs> so Game Boy is fine for you? Uh, Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. That was pretty good, actually. Street Fighter Alpha 3. Um, yeah, for me, it's catalog. Or library, yeah. whatever. Um, what just what's available? What what teases me and entices me the most into buying that particular platform? Yeah, I'm with Craig. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go for content as well. Can I turn this conversation slightly differently in the sense that there's an argument that like proper first party games like uh, the Uncharted game on the Vita and the Killzone game on the Vita. They didn't sell well. Um, oh, they were pish. There's an argument that, yeah, there's an argument that that's not, yeah. you know, Sony kind of missed the point that that's not what the handhelds are for. People weren't accustomed to that. Like, I, I didn't enjoy those games because I'd rather play them on my TV. Should we move it to that? Like, what sort of games would you play on your handheld over your console? Or I don't know. Uh, Actually, I do have that down in the note. Like, I have that down as a talking point. Uh, so, yeah, if, if you guys thanks want. for interrupting me and stopping me in that three minute monologue man. <laughs> hey hey you're lucky I'm letting you talk you're fired alright <laughs> so why do you think Sony always loses to Nintendo and I mean that, that ties right into that argument I don't think people have faith in what, what Sony do sometimes when it comes to portables um, they they do they, they have made really good efforts you know pat upon whole loco roco thing they 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 have the goods they they make the right games but the thing is nintendo's got that you know they've got they've got that 
old battleground that they've won. You know, they've they've been around for so long that they've they've built up a huge stash of of must haves. You can't really compete with that, to be honest. Well, I don't know. Um, myself, I I can tend to favor Sony over Nintendo in the handheld department anyway. No. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, because you won't find Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins on DS. You won't find, you know, Castlevania Dracula X Chronicles on the DS. You you won't find a lot of these games, actually a lot of Final Fantasy remasters, you won't find them on DS. It seems well, like... You probably will find fine-tuned original games in those series made for those platforms. I mean, a low, well, that's the, the majority thing. of portable Castlevania games are pretty much stuck on Nintendo handles. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, talk- I'm talking like certain games that made me choose Sony over Nintendo. But that's the problem too. I mean, how? I mean, is that the only thing that keeps Nintendo in the lead? Is just mining those old franchises? I mean, even Pokemon now, it, it's still a massively successful game, and props to it because Pokemon's mm-hmm. awesome. But they don't come out with a lot of original content. I mean, even when they do things like Codename Steam, it didn't make that big mm-hmm. of a flash. I mean, is it just that as gamers we like our steadies? Like our well, I'll be able to get a Mario. I'll be able to get a Zelda. I'll get a Fire Emblem. I'm not sure that's the case though, because I mean, if you look look at it, you you go back and you've got like Capcom come out and they suddenly release like, you know, odd Resident Evil games on it. You know, Hideo Kojima comes out with Boktai and Zone of the Ender sort of portable versions. There's, well, remember, there's Sony didn't for, have anything for... to compete with the GBA either, mm. and no, neither did Microsoft know, but, and all that. But you come through to the DS and you've got you know. New new developers out of nowhere appearing on the platform. I think it's, you know, they they target such a well a lower technical level, and it it lets developers get on board and, and make games. <clears throat> and more often than not, you'll find, you know, if you look back at the PSP versus the the DS library, there's there's probably a lot more classics hidden in the the DS. I I mean, for my taste anyway. But you know, it, it's not just all at a surface level. It isn't just Mario, Star Fox, and Metroid. There's, yeah. It, 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 if yeah, you, but if you I check mean, it out, I'm, I'm going to guess a huge amount of games on the DS. For if Ghost you compare Track, the models, so if you compare the systems, like, you know, my Vita is a lovely piece of kit, and I imagine it was mm. quite expensive when it first launched. I don't know the price. I got it later on in the cycle. If you it compare it to expensive. the 3DS, which is cheaper built, it's not as sturdy, it doesn't have the same graphical output, but if it I might- was to if I was to give my, you know, if I had children, I would not give them a Vita because I don't oh, think oh, it was yeah, no. sturdy. It, I can see why the Nintendo does so well because they're bulletproof. You can drop them and they pretty much yeah. won't break. And if they do, they're still usable. I, I think that's the only way Nintendo. Right <laughs> I think that's the only way Nintendo are, are winning anything. <laughs> Did he just well, throw the TV? Don't forget. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Pokemon is huge. It's yeah, still yeah. massive. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong with the Vita. I mean, I love my Vita, but yeah, me too. They yeah. don't know their own. They don't know their own ceiling. Sometimes, I mean, apart when you look at the 3DS, there's a, if you look at it, you think of frame rate issues, stuff like that. You you probably go to like Snake Eater 3D, that Snake Eater 3D, and maybe something like Splinter Cell 3D. Apart from that, the the Vita tries to push all sorts of stuff at its screen yeah. and ends up with ugly messes in some cases. And the 3DS knows what it is. It's always, you know, it's always a stable game, which plays within, you know, the limited technical specifications it has, and quite often comes out on top most of the time with a 
you know, a more stable output. You know, I, I just don't get it. I don't know why they, they pushed the Vita so hard when they could have just relaxed on it. And It's classic Sony, it, though. They never advertise things or they just drop things randomly. Like, you know, they've done it with so many of their products that they just... They just seem to, I don't know, somebody farts in the office and they all think, ah, oh, no, we'll just leave that now. The Vita's yeah. a great system. I think the big problem with the Vita was they tried to do with the Vita what they did with the PS3. They tried to make it massively powerful because, I mean, it does smoke a 3DS, hands down. But the type of games that take advantage of those kind of things aren't necessarily the type of games that people want to play on a handheld. Like, yeah, you can get Persona on, on a Vita, but... Boy, that's that's a long trip. Yeah, and that's, that's actually one of the more polished games as well. That, that yeah. is really really good. That's Plus, I mean, for the Vita. look at look at. I mean, it seems like the the Vita is now the PS4 port machine, and I don't mm. think people want to play the same games on. Well, other than me, <laughs> they don't want to play the same games on the console that they're playing on their handheld, or vice versa. Like, why play Street Fighter Five on a Vita if you have a PS4? Go for the PS4. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I, I've already said this. I think that was one of the mistakes where Sony, they tried to push all their first party games onto the Vita when it launched. And for me, that didn't do anything. I'm not interested in pl- playing like a lesser experience. I want a good handheld experience. And I think what's kind of saved the Vita is having all these indie games kind of be moved from the PlayStation 4 or the, you know, PC and port it to the Vita. And for me, that's where I'd rather play them. I'd rather play an indie game, you know, anywhere in the house, I would taking a shit, like Craig game. said. <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, cross-buy is, is a huge thing for Vita. Like, that is one of the most brilliant things Sony's ever come up with. Especially cross-buy on PS Plus games. That's, that's wonderful. Because, yeah, I do have Spelunky on my Vita, even though I have it on my PS4. Just because sometimes you're taking a bath, you feel like so splunky. If I was to get into mobile gaming, it would purely be you play games that are that be made for that that device. Because um, I'd always pick console version over the handheld port. I guess in the in the developers and the, in the the companies that make the games and stuff, it, it's just extra income, is it for them? It, it's it it would be kind of a bit foolish for them not to port it. Especially now that the the gap between consoles and handhelds are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd argue that's not a great thing. I mean, you, you know, like I've been saying with all this, things like Fire Emblem. If if you release Fire Emblem on any other system in its portable portable version, it'd be looked on as you know one of the worst looking games on the planet. But yet somehow, when when you get all these games on the 3DS, you know, I don't mind if it's a PS4 game or a 3DS game. I'm happy to probably pay about the same price because it. Uh, the quality games. Well, I mean, on that same token, though, if if Intelligent Systems had put the time in and actually made it a Wii U game, I'd be mm. all over that sucker. Oh, but definitely. Again, but w- w- did, would the graphics have mattered in the end? I, I, I don't well, know. on the Wii U, graphics never matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Unless Mario it's first party. Yeah, yeah, they look wonderful. Yeah. But I mean, the, and then so Mario Kart that... Seven, the 3DS version, that was a. That was, a that was pretty good. Game at the time. That was a pretty good. I'm many mm. sore sore thumbs from that. So, Definitely. but that leads into like a frustration for me is handheld exclusives. I hate them. I hate them. Mm. I don't mind console exclusives. That's fine. That's great competition. Mm. But for me, you know, since the handhelds are really a, a non-starter, 
I, I hate that Fire Emblem. I can't get a Wii U Fire Emblem. I can't... I just I just want a Pokemon game on a home system, man. That's all I want. Yeah. You know, I... I and then I guess, the big elephant in the room. Huh. The Monster Hunter, of course. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would probably ritually sacrifice one of my animals for <laughs> for a Monster Hunter on a PS4, or even on the Wii U. Even if they did, like, a, a another Monster Hunter try upgrade that they did on the Wii U. I would love that still. But yeah, there's a lot of console that they get left out from the uh, handheld exclusives, and I hate that. Does that matter to you guys at all? The good thing is, well, we've had things like, uh, you know, Resident Evil Revelations, which did get home ports and stuff after. True, yes. So, I mean, mean, they're awesome awesome good. uh, It never seems to be the ones I want, though. And by golly, I want to whine about it. (laughs) I, I think if a game came out on a console or a portable or whatever and I really wanted to play that game, what I was playing it on wouldn't matter. Hmm. That that would be my, my take on it. If if I really want to play Fire Emblem, I'm gonna get a DS hmm. and play Fire Emblem. I'm not I'm not fast. I'm not gonna just curse them for not, not doing a, a Well now but okay, game. so let us say that uh yeah. the Day of the Tentacle remaster was Vita only. Do you don't think you'd be playing it going, Man, I wish they would just put this on the PS4? I think that's actually one game that I would have rather played on the Vita. Oh, you're fired, Craig! Oh, contrary. Because <laughs> it's like, because you can just pick it up and wire into it. Um, it felt odd playing it on a console. And hey, I mean, you know, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, mm. well, that, yeah, that's it. I think it is. It's my easy-ozy, carefree attitude to that kind of thing where I'm just like, what, what ifs? I'll just take what I'm given. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not all the time. <laughs> so, gentlemen, one of the big things for me is it seems like handhelds nowadays are being designed for a more, especially Nintendo, a more Eastern audience. Like, they design it to be used in metro areas of Japan. And I don't know what it's like with you guys, uh, being where you live, but, like, I have nobody to street pass with. There is maybe one other person within a 25-mile radius that plays an Atari 2600 every once in a while. Uh, good luck getting a street pass. I mean, does that does that bother you guys at all? To where it almost feels like a lot of these games and the systems they use, like Dragon Quest IX, if you played that, um, does it feel like, wow, this just doesn't work where I live? Hmm. Um. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dragon Quest Nine is an exact case of playing a game solo when you're thinking this could be absolutely amazing. Uh, oh yeah, pro- probably the same with Dragon Quest Ten if that ever gets localized. <laughs> Can you explain the Dragon Quest Nine thing? I'm not quite sure. Dragon Quest Nine is a game which allows you to have. Uh, I think it's co-op of four players, but you need to. You need. A, I'm pretty sure it's mostly local, isn't it? Doesn't it? I'm, it's I ad hoc. It does have an online option. But it's a lot of friend codes and a lot okay. of the messy sort of stuff that Nintendo deals with. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. be crazy. Um, but with, with the case of Dragon Quest Ten, that's that's also an online um, online game, and it's it's probably going to go down like a lead balloon if it if it has some sort of local <laughs> playing portable system. Uh, yeah, the thing with Dragon Quest Ten <laughs> was if you if you played with a bunch of people, you could, it was an RPG by the way, just like older Dragon Quests were, but. If you played with a bunch of people, you could get specific items, you could op- unlock other quests, you could do a whole bunch of other things, and they would be easier mm-hmm. since you're playing with, you know, 
three other people instead of going solo. But even things like Zelda, uh, the Four Swords stuff, or yeah. um, what's the yeah. newest one that came out? Where it um, needs three people? Uh, oh, Triforce Heroes. Yeah, yeah, uh, things like Triforce Heroes. I mean, that's, that stuff seems like it was meant to be played local co-op with, you know, two other people on the train that happen to be playing it. Whereas, for me, yeah. that doesn't work at all. And Street Pass is the most amazing thing ever. So <laughs> yeah. I'd be absolutely gutted if I got a 3DS. Uh, I mean, I, I actually got to play a 3DS shortly before it um, before it officially came out um, at some event, um, and and it's you know I was so hyped about it that I was like looking at all the people making pictures of their faces so I'd know if I saw them walking around Manchester I was going to zoom right up to them and stand close close enough to them to get a street pass, <laughs> and and yeah it was crazy the first first few weeks you'd see the numbers starting to go out I think there was someone on the floor below me at work who used to come in at a certain time of day. I'd make sure I'd put my, my bag with my 3DS turned on in sleep mode <laughs> right at a certain point to make sure I got as many hits as I could throughout a work day. I'd go go for random walks just across the middle of Manchester just to just to hopefully bump into other people who had it on as well. And then a, um, a very close holiday to when it first came out to Barcelona. I think I managed to get something like 11 street passes in a single walk down the, the Ramblers. That was a... <laughs> That was that was definitely definitely a highlight for street passes, but it you know mostly it's 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 pointless. It's a waste of time, <laughs> but it's it's a good waste of time. I've known people that have actually gone to Japan with with their 3ds, and they say it's ridiculous. Mm. You get a hundred just from taking a nice decent walk, and it seems like it's oh. very much designed for that atmosphere. And I'm perfectly fine if Nintendo wants to design for what they view as their home country. That's cool. That's fine. That's great. But to me, I feel a little left out. I'm not asking them to change, it's just maybe not make them so vital in certain games. Yeah, I'll have to make a quick correction there. It wasn't 11 I got in Barcelona, but 10. It could have been 11 if there wasn't a limit on the amount that you can get. <laughs> Although I think I was using the cheat to, to switch the times around for my pedometer to get more Nintendo coins, so I would have checked my street passes mid-journey. I was thinking of buying a Fitbit, <laughs> but um, I mean, I might as well get two and one if I, if it gets me out and out and about and exercised and I get the game. I might as well buy a 3ds. Yeah, good luck though, because your your 3ds will die a battery pretty quick with a street pass though. <laughs> so I've uh, like the street pass thing kind of missed me by because like living in Aberdeen and I don't you know I work at university, but I didn't really want to take my 3ds to work. So uh, Kevin and I went down to a conference in London this year and I took my 3DS along on one of the days thinking, oh, let's see what this is like and stuff. And there's so many people still using their 3DSs and carrying them around. And I finally got to experience all the mini games you got with the Street Pass, which was really cool. So, yeah, I kind of I do miss a lot. I feel like I've missed out on, you know, that and it would have been cool to do it when the 3DS was at its peak and everyone, you know, still had them rather than being dusty underneath the bed or something but uh yeah you need a lovely lovely leather carrying pouch that'll keep it <laughs> dusty. <laughs> did you steal that as well like <laughs> so so gentlemen bringing this to a bit of a close uh we have a bit of a bonus thing after this so you know stay tuned if you want to hear us on a little bonus thing closing this out what do you guys think if you could change one thing about mobile gaming and portable gaming, what would it be? 
the one thing I would do to change it is I want more adaptability in what a portable console can be. Um, Sell a tape a Vita to a DS? Yeah, well, either the, and then duct tape them all to a GameCube. Exactly. Because it has a little handle on it. No, I, I want... I You know, I don't know what I want. Skip me, I'm just old man rambling. Uh, I I wouldn't change anything, Dave. I'm not I'm not trying to say that just to be argumentative, but I'm re- all obviously quite new to having a DS. I'm still loving it. I'm in honeymoon period, so maybe ask that question again in six months, and it might be different. But for now, it's never run out of battery while I've been playing it. It hasn't skipped a beat when I've picked it up and just flicked out a sleep mode to, to hit up something. Um, I've got a nice week. Coll- I've actually got a collection of games now. I don't have one game for one system. I have a collection. <laughs> um, so you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm happy, which is nice. Right. Actually, do you know the one thing I would change? Is <laughs> <laughs> Every time it seems, it, it seems to be <laughs> um, it seems to be that a lot of games I can only get on the eShop on the Nintendo Store. Or for eight hundred billion pounds on eBay, um, the DS games, the 3DS games, seem to keep their value if they're good. They're either a pound or they're forty-five quid. If they're Nintendo made, they're never dropping in price ever. Yeah, it's it's kind of, and it's not it's not really that much of a problem just to buy a couple of games or whatever. But I need to get out of the mentality that it's a casual pick up and play i'll have a wee library of games it's very much a it's a proper thing where i'll, I'll need to spend a good amount of money on a game to to play it does that, yeah. that makes sense so no i wouldn't change anything well i thought of one and you're still fired craig um oh. i would ban the words free to play which we might do an episode strictly about free to play in the future but for right now i want to see it go away even Team Fortress. Um, oh, that I do, bought that. Do you care about hats? It. Yeah, I, I bought about, I bought it like twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think it's I'm I hope it's a fad. I don't think it is, but I hope I would hope. I don't is. know. People are There's making loads of money on this. Generally, things that are financially mm. successful don't become fads. I I just looked. I just like today downloaded Dead or Alive. Um, the Core Fighters. And there's yeah. 900 odd purchasable items attached to that on the PlayStation <laughs> is Store. Is this your first Tecmo Koei oh. game? Because they're all like that. <laughs> like, here's a good it's example, guys. Terrible. Of of why I guess free to play can be damaging in a sense you don't think about. Metal Gear Solid Five sold ridiculous amounts of copies, right? Sold very mm. well. Mm. Yes. The Konami made Japan only free to play. I think it was Dragon Busters, made way more money for them than Metal Gear Solid Five did. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I mean, great for Konami making money. I mean, now they're not financially struggling anymore. But I don't know. Maybe we as as consumers need to be a bit more judicious in what we plop down our one to two dollars on because. There might come a point yeah. where we see franchises we love go away because free-to-play is just too monetarily successful. But anyway, on to you guys. Sorry. Yeah. I think the, the thing I'd I'd probably I'd probably want or something would be a, a smaller version of the Switch with less of its functionality. But 
That I don't I haven't thought this one through enough. I think I might just have to get a switch at some point in the future. But really, what's Hideo Kojima doing at Sony and not making a reason to own the Vita again? That's that's probably the big question. After all, I got a, a PSP for um, Peace Walker, and besides, yeah, I, I think well, Kojima Mike, can do a knockoff of Metal Gear. It's very hard to make artsy fartsy games that aren't as good as everybody says on the Vita. You got to do that on a yeah. home console. I wish that Sony Vita and the Nintendo 3DS, the button mappings were the same. Because if you play like a couple hours on the Vita <laughs> and then the 3DS, you're like, oh god, where's X? Oh god, oh no. So yeah, that that's what I want. Uh-huh. I want uh-huh. all the buttons to be the same. <laughs> I want everything to have custom button mapping. We're at that point technology-wise. We could do this. Let's just do it. I don't. I don't understand why everything doesn't. Do, like do Overwatch was fantastic. Sorry, Kev. So no, I was. I was, I was just gonna say I was not. I'm not actually aware, obviously, because I don't own any current um, or any handheld devices you, that you kind of remap the buttons. It's not. It's just that Nintendo consoles have different mappings. You know, it's not X, circle, triangle, and square like it is for the Vita. It's whatever it just is. Just get these decals. <laughs> well, the most irritating's always been the X button on Xbox and the X button on PlayStation, obviously. Oh yeah. yeah. I'd like it just to be you a- buy a, a game. You buy a, yeah. You buy a game, you pay for a game, you get the whole game. None of this uh, microtransactions. And I'm not totally against DLC as such. If it adds to a game obviously fair enough, but if it's if it's counteractive to you actually enjoying a game or progressing through a game or whatever all right well uh all that's left for me to do is to thank all of my fine friends except for luke and craig because they're fired can i can i jump in and do something dave sure guys i want a defining handheld gaming moment from each of you oh no go that's that's a stretch that's a stretch i'll go i'll go first right so craig kev you're gonna have to help me here maybe mike I don't know if you guys remember, but when we were in primary school, you used to get the banks would used to come round the schools trying to get you to sign up for their savings account. Oh, and there was yeah. the one with the squirrel. Uh, was it the super squirrel, the saver squirrel? You remember Save the squirrel? Yeah. Anyway, one of the uh, one of the things that they had like an offer going was if you put fifty pounds into this account. They would buy you, uh, you'd get like a free Game Boy Color, essentially. What? Which was about 80 quid at the time. So I, I put 50 quid into it, and it was like in the middle of the summer I did it. And it didn't arrive until like November. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it was a bit rubbish anyway. But uh, I remember ordering Pokemon Red, and it arrived like two weeks. <laughs> two weeks after I ordered it, thinking that, you know, the Game Boy is going to come pretty quickly after... And it was months and months and months and months of waiting. And the day it arrived was a snow day. And I just, I remember coming home thinking, I don't know what Stars I'm going to do with myself today. <laughs> game Boy arrives, Pokemon, that was it. I was I was locked into that game for the whole weekend. It was brilliant. So, who's next? It's a hard one to follow. It really is. That was quite that uh, was emotional. That was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was, che- I I was cheering s- for you. <laughs> <laughs> I might be stealing a little bit from Mike here, but uh, for me, it's got to be Monster Hunter. Hands down, playing with 
three other friends, all of us trying so desperately not to be the first to cart, and chucking in like hundreds of hours altogether, working on one single game was, was fantastic. Would have been better on a console, but that's beside the point. I, I can't, I'm probably going to think of something better. This is one of those things where I'm going to think of something better in five minutes. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I say that? You'll do it at the but, end of the sentence like you do every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember getting a PSP and I had a PSP for months and months and months and nothing ever really clicked with it. It was, I played it quite a fair bit, but nothing clicked. And then I got Loco Roco. And I have never felt so giddy and childlike <laughs> playing any game ever. Just that, that wee guy jumping about. And it's like, oh my goodness, just using the bumper buttons to tilt the world and jumping, collecting whatever it was to, to explode yourself into wee balls of whatever. I, I absolutely loved that. I adored that game. I think it was perfect. I've got a few collections of memories to choose from, to be honest. I mean, I've already discussed it on another podcast about when I first got the Game Boy. Um, and then recently, there's been brilliant things such as out of nowhere winning a, a special edition 3DS, which is brilliant bragging rights. Um, <laughs> but I will not mention that Choto Toad limited edition Japanese 3DS to anyone ever again. <laughs> and, um, I'm going to have to stick with uh, getting... Um, Link's Awakening on the Game Boy originally back when I was what six or seven years old I think it was uh, I played it all the way through the flight I played it for about 70% of the time that we were in Spain for that holiday <laughs> and then uh, my Game Boy went through so much battery so much sand stuck in it you couldn't tell which was a pixel and which was a grain of sand <laughs> scratches on the thing and it's still upstairs it still works the cartridge is still in mintish condition I don't. Uh, the the condition meant there is quite quite subjective, I guess. Um, <laughs> and it yeah, it, like was, it was amazing. Stabbing birds and seeing them all fly at you from from all angles was absolutely amazing. I've got a wee tear in my eye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd have to go with uh, Final Fantasy three on DS. <clears throat> it's probably one of the the kind of longer games that I had on the DS. And um, it was probably the, the kind of one of the, the first kind of Final Fantasy games that I actually enjoyed. I will accept that as a Final Fantasy fan. I'll accept that. Now, if I don't get interrupted again, then I will. Hey, think, Dave, are you going to do the trivia questions? I will. From all of us here at Bit Effect, uh, we'll say catch you next time. Unless you want to stick around for the bonus stuff at the end. Oh, so we're we're signing off. And then we're doing the bonus stuff, like a secret track. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is cool. So, everybody, say goodbye. Bye. Bye.
welcome to the bonus track. This is for gold subscribers only. So if you have not paid your $99.99 monthly fee, please do turn this off right now. Uh, we thought it would be kind of fun to uh, play a little trivia game. Uh, see if we could stump the other hosts or just bragging rights from getting all the questions right. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so who wants to start us off? I'll start off if you like. Um, I'm hoping this doesn't ruin anybody else's question. But the question is, what was the first handheld gaming device that had interchangeable cartridges? <laughs> hey, guys, how are we going to do this? Because I think I know the answer, but if I say the answer and I'm wrong, it might remind you guys of what's right. Yeah. I'm almost certain that I'm wrong. So... I don't have an idea at all. Will we say it all out in the one hour? Will we go three, two, one, and then just all shout out the answer? <laughs> That's a good way to do things. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, thanks for making editing so much easier, Chris. <laughs> 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 oh, here we go. We'll all say our answer, and then Kevin will say who's right. Okay. Right. Three, two, one, Game Gear. Jeez! Purely a guess. Uh, Game Boy. No idea. All right. Uh, Luke? I'm going to go with the Turbo Graphics. Whoa! All right. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Milton Bradley Microvision. Dave, you're the winner. Yes! <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a toughie. It was released back in November 1979 by the Milton Bradbury Company. Bradley Company, sorry. All right. Who's up? Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go for this one. So, as we all know... The uh, the Game Boy was a powerhouse in the technical world. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, to the best of your knowledge, what do you think the processor speed was of the <laughs> CPU on that system? <laughs> really? Guess, guess wins. <laughs> what's, what's processor speed? That's as, as in megahertz and gigahertz and kilohertz and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't want gigahertz. Um, <laughs> all, right, all right, I'll go first. Uh, I think it. I think if you guys know anything about processors, which I really don't, all I remember is is that a Z eight eighty eight was the thing. Um, I'm gonna say five. <laughs> okay. Okay. I know absolutely nothing. Five watts. Five, whatever's closer. <laughs> that's that's funny because that that's what Mike guessed earlier. <laughs> um. I'm going to say megahertz. No, not okay. megahertz. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, megahertz is right. Okay. Sorry. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. Oh, so it's megahertz. I am going to go with 4.99. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with 33. I'm going to go with 1.21. Gigawatts. <laughs> no, <megawatts. laughs> I knew she just hit the point. I knew it was coming. <laughs> We've got uh, no back. I will have to announce Craig to be the winner of this, of his very close I, guess. I mean, that feels dirty. 4.19 4. megahertz. Ah. I never even knew there were increments of point with megahertz, but it turns out there are. I'm really sorry, Dave. Yeah. I'm that's right, that's your right, answer. That's right. No, 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 no. That, that's perfect. Price is right rules, man. That's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, Craig, since you won, you want to go? Uh, all right, okay. I, I chose a question that was brought up in a previous episode that us fine gents have recorded, 
which was, who was the original developer of the Atari Lynx, and what was the console called that they developed? Who? Craig, you're you're a right popper. Beep. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no, that's good. It's good. It's good. Am I allowed to include voice actors and say Nolan North? <laughs> <laughs> Atari developed the Nolan North. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Uh, just to. Okay. Oh, nope. No, I'm no, no. Hints. Just because you said Atari developed. It wasn't Atari. Remember? Oh, yes, that yes. Was the thing. Okay. I have absolutely... We're going to say the Okama Gamesphere. <laughs> I have no wow. idea. Shop, possibly. Next. I'm going to say Peter Molyneux made it. <laughs> no, it came out. It, whatever. And it, it was the, the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Life-changing. Kev, what are you saying? Was it Candy? Unfortunately, I've got to say, y'all got it wrong. As a slight clue, Dave, Luke, they also developed the worst game we've ever done in a retro rewind. Oh, no way! <laughs> Godzilla! Godzilla! Dave's tentacle. <laughs> it was the Epic's Handy. Oh, That's what I was thinking of. Craig, your wife gives an Epic Handy. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. So, so that means Craig is now in the lead with two points since nobody got his oh. answer. Uh, all right, all right. So, Luke, what do you got? Right. So, my one's going to be a bit of an odd one. I want you to list in order the top three selling handheld consoles worldwide. Just now, you can have some time to think about it. I can list the, list the top. Eight, if no, you like, no. and you can figure out no, which one. Let's ones. do this like men. No, 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 nope. that's, that's like too easy. Yeah, okay, Um, I'm going to say the, the DS Lite. Shall I give some some a bit more rules to it? All the DSs will be one family. All the okay. Game Boy Advance will be another family. Game Boy and Game Boy Color are the same family. Well, there you go. There's my answer. It's DS, Game Boy, GBA. Okay, who's next? I'm going to go with... DS. Uh, I can't think of another two. Game Boy Vita. And the Vita's not up there. I know it. I know I've lost. Okay. Well, hold on. Before you go, Mike, Luke, what's your guess? My guess? I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, each each right answer is one point. So. Oh! All right, all right. Okay. okay. Uh, Game Boy uh, DS, Game Boy Advance. Uh, Kev? Right. Number one, Game Boy. Uh, number two, uh, did we say Game Boy Advance is separate? Yep. Yep. Right. So that's number two and DS three. Okay. So the. <laughs> <laughs> so the answers are the Nintendo DS. Is number one at 154.02 million sales, followed by the Game Boy slash Game Boy Color at 118 million, and then it's the PSP at 82 million. Really? So Dave has two points and Craig has one. Ah, 
Alright. I, I said DS and then Game Boy, although I went Vita. I said PSP before changing my answer. I know, D. It had to be in order, though. It had to be in order. We could just yeah. re record the answers. Yeah, let's re record. Re record now. <laughs> right, who's up next? Alright, uh, I everybody? got the last one. Alright, gentlemen. So, there were two Game Boy Advance games that released with a Rumble Pack. Name me one of the two. Either or. A Rumble Pack? I don't remember. Has there been a Rumble Pack on the. One of them is fairly popular and the other one's a little more obscure. I'll throw mine out. I'm ready. Alright. WarioWare Shaken something. Shaken Stevens. I can't remember the name. Oh, I can't remember the name. WarioWare Rumble and Shake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I've got the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick out a Pokemon game. Um, Pokemon uh, Jubilee. <laughs> Jubilee? <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Craig? Luke? DSi Massage Pro? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Luke? Right. What do you got? So, I know about this from another podcast and I know it's a WarioWare game and I think it's called WarioWare Twister. Alright. Am I right? Am I right? How strict do we want to be here, gentlemen? The answers are a little game called Drill Dozer and WarioWare Twisted. Oh, come on! It's one letter! (laughs) (laughs) Twisted... That's like I think in the, I think right? in the European region, Dave, it was called WarioWare Shake and Rumble. <laughs> I that's the regional name coined by. I, as my question, I will give it to Luke, but you're on yes. thin ice, man. You're on thin ice. All right, so, uh, listeners, in case you haven't shut us off already, what we're going to do is we're going to do this for a couple months, and we're going to set an end date. We're going to see who becomes the winner. But uh, every week we're going to have trivia questions based on what we're going to be talking about. So, right now as it sits, I have three points. Craig has three points. And Luke has one technical point. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, if you are still listening, be sure to check us out on, like, Facebook. Tweet our faces on the Google email thing that we have going. Um, Also... Check out, uh, Mike's going to be coming out with a music podcast soon, and I, of course, have Operation Sequel. The rest of these deadbeats have nothing, so check them out. If That's because we like have it. lives. Shut up! <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. Bye.